uh, our 13th point of it, but this is about the start of about week seven. And this is how the Holy Spirit works in our lives, and it is through power. So the Holy Spirit series, power, that's what we're on. If you've got your Bible, I want you to look at uh, Romans chapter 7, starting with verse 14. or You can look at it on the screen, Romans 7, 14. I'll be using the NKJV. Um, the Bible says that, that the Holy Spirit gives us power as believers. And one of the things that we have power for is, is victory over sin. I just gave you a little sermonette on that. Victory over the sin. And if we sin and we're, we're not perfect yet, like I we always said, being a Christian is being like Jesus. It's not being Jesus. He's Jesus. We're not. But we're trying to be like him. But we don't walk in sin. But if we ever do, there, there's a place. That I, I'm not saying that you can walk without sin in your life. But there's a place that you know how to walk in those places and how to avoid those places and how to stay out of those places and, and not walk into the places where you're vulnerable. But he gives us victory over sin. You can live a victorious life. Yes, you can. Now, I'm going to read you uh, several bits of Scripture, and I'm going to try to move quickly because I know that my competition is lunch today, and it's close. So verse 14, chapter 7 in Romans says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. In other words, I am fleshly, sold under sin like a slave. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I don't want to do it, but I do it. I agree that the law, with the law that it is good. <coughs> but now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me. In other words, I want to. But how to perform what, I, what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it. But sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me. The one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? <coughs> oh, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Down through verse 2 of chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. This, this can, can get real sticky, but the good news of it is that you're not by yourself when you're wanting to do good and you end up not doing good. The guy who wrote this wrote most of the New Testament. It was Paul who was very bad when his name was Saul. And when God changed his name from Saul to Paul, he changed him from the inside out. Amen. Thank you. Mm. <clears throat> 
That's good. So, so here's what was going on. Paul was just like you were. And Paul was just like I am. You ever have things that you want to do and you don't get those things done? And the things that you want to do, you find a way to get that squeezed in somehow? Now, even more so when it's the, the flesh versus the spirit. I gave you a, a, a clue last week. Not, not a clue, but, but how we live as believers. Whenever Christian and I were talking about uh, living according to the spirit and some of the fruits of the spirit, we are responsible for ourselves. And, and I've told you this, that, that my mind goes to a place before I ever get there. So I'm, according to Scripture, I'm supposed to renew my mind, and you're supposed to renew your mind too. Just because you get saved doesn't mean the devil leaves you on alone. As a matter of fact, I would say when you get saved, the devil turns the heat up. That, that's how it works, okay? Because he likes you the way you were, because the way you were is no danger or consequence to his kingdom. <clears throat> But when you come in and, he, and Jesus has saved you, you're, you're dangerous now to the kingdom of Satan. And you're viable in the kingdom of God. And you're powerful. You've been set free from the law of sin and death. And you've become alive to the law of the Spirit living inside of you. But it says this, that, that Paul said, we must separate ourselves from sin. So when you get saved, he does not magically sprinkle fairy dust on you, and all of a sudden you don't have any desire to do what you used to do. I, I can't believe it. Last week, I, I was going to rob a bank, but this week I just want to give. I don't want to do that anymore. Not that anybody here wants to rob a bank. I'm just saying, he does not. <laughs> Worst example ever. So from there, we can only go up. So I'm set now. Now I'm ready to preach. <clears throat> I've honestly got so much good stuff right now. My eyes are about to go cross so I don't miss any of it. But we're set apart. We're holy. But we take part in that. It, it does not just randomly happen that, that uh, he saved me. And, and now I'm, I'm, uh, we wouldn't handle that very well. We, we would put ourselves in, into like um, a hierarchy. Of, I'm just a little bit better than you. I'm just a little bit more spiritual than you. He saved me from my sins, but I've still got to have this mind renewed. I've still got to walk this thing out in a way that pleases Him. The problem is, my problem is, is, is I get stuck wanting to please me. I know I'm by myself in that. <clears throat> So I told you last week that, that one of the fruits of the Spirit, and it's one of the last ones mentioned, but it doesn't mean it's any less powerful, is, is self-control. Self-control. That just simply means to control yourself. You can control it. That, that's why when people get sentenced by judges for doing bad things, they don't sentence 25 people around them for what this one person did. I can't just blame everybody for what happened to me. People will blame an uncle, a stepdad, and I'm not saying that those things aren't there, or a bad church person, and all, all those things can be there. But a lot of those things didn't stop you from the rest of the things in your life that you got accomplished. I'm just being honest. Why does that only block me from certain things in my life, but it didn't block me from everything? Because I let some of it. I want to think some of the resistance in my life is so that I can become powerful. Amen? 
And, and I'm also going to do something about people that would have, I'm not going to let you have control over my life where you get to dictate me being bitter the rest of my life. He's not called me to live according to my past. And, every, and, and the truth is, everybody's got things that they've gone through. And, and we've got to figure this out for ourselves. But we don't have to just figure it out for ourselves when he has his word as a guide. We just have to, to simply obey his word. I'm going to prove it to you in a second. But, but I, I talked to you last week about the, the flesh. And, and here, here's one of the ways that you can navigate your life. I promise it will help you. I've talked to you over and over and over about the spirit and the flesh. But if you'll add three categories to that. People environments, and sounds. There are people in your life that will bring the best out in you. Hang with them. There are people in your life that will bring out the worst in you. It's okay say, to say no to them. There are environments that will pull out the best in you. There are environments that will pull out the worst in you. That's where you set up boundaries for yourself. I will not go past this. Amen. Sounds. There are sounds that bring out the best in you. There are sounds that bring out the worst in you. You've got to decide. There again, boundaries. Who gets in? Who gets out? What places I will go to? What places I will stay away from? What sounds I will hear? The Bible calls these gates. It calls your eyes gates and your ears gates. And guess who it puts in charge of it? You. You. Don't, don't tell me you can't be powerful. That's a powerful position to be the doorkeeper of your eyes and the doorkeeper of your ears. And here's the thing. You get the consequences of it either way. I'll move on. So here, here uh, in Galatians 5.25, I didn't give them this scripture, but it says simply this, that we are to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. We belong to Him now. So we keep in step with him. It, it's, it's, it's like a dance. And nobody wants to see me dance. But I get the concept. I especially get the old concept whenever the couples would dance. And when somebody comes up and, and taps the guy dancing with the girl, and it, it's called a cutting in, right? And, and you're supposed to let that happen. Can I tell you, you can refuse it. Look at some good old Jimmy Stewart stuff and tell me you can't refuse somebody cutting in. Yeah, that, that, that character who played alfalfa tried to cut in and Jimmy told him, no, not today. It was good. It was good. Sorry. Statistics. If we're not careful as a church and as children of God, we'll put too much emphasis on Statistics. Why? We're supposed to live a, a balanced life. A balanced life. Let me tell you where statistics get in trouble because statistics cannot supersede truth. Because statistics, in a lot of cases, are a good indicator of something, but they're not the solid truth. Let me give you one example of that. Living a balanced life. Statistically speaking, if I put one foot in the fire and I put the other foot in ice water, statistically speaking, I should be very comfortable right now. 
right? 50% hot, 50% cold. I can't find the balance in that because there's no balance in that. And if you're only dipping a little bit in God and a little bit in the world, there's going to be a decision that, that, that he's going to make. He's, he's wanting to take up residence inside of you. Residence. In other words, I'll help you with those decisions that you need to be making. Amen? So remember those things. People, environments, and sounds. I can give you more supporting scripture, but it all basically agrees with itself and says the same things that as we are being led by the Spirit and we're, we're staying in step with the Spirit, you don't let certain things cut in. As you're walking through this life with Him, as you are dancing, if you will, with Him, don't let anybody else cut in. No, nobody gets to cut in. The Holy Spirit also gives the believer power to just live a Christian life. Um, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. Um, while they're pulling that up, I like reading it out of here. Ephesians 3, 16 through 21 says, now this, this is Paul praying over us, and he's gone over a, a lot of material right here, but he's, he's like, this is, this is one of the things that I'm praying for you, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. So his spirit is at work on your inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend, because you got your mind right, with all the saints, what is the width and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, now, this is the closing part of the prayer, and it's going to be important in a minute. So what I say from this point, I'm going to say just, just hold this right here, and it'll come back up. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So what he's saying is that there is a glory that can come on this body of believers when we follow and do his plan. Not just that, it, it, it says that, that he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. He could have nailed it by saying he's able to do above all we can ask or think. He, he, he can do all we ask or think, but it says he's can, able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. He, he puts emphasis so that we understand, but what about this? No, it's exceedingly, abundantly, above all. He, that word all, he's wanting you to get it right there. I can, if, you'll, if you'll follow me in this, and my spirit lives in you, I can do above all you can ask or think. He's, he's, he's acknowledging our limitations and comparing that to his limitless ability right there. Okay? So, believe me, I'm trying to skip gears and I'm on the last page already. I'm surprising myself right now. Let me start at halfway through the last page. So don't tell me that I, you get food near me. I don't speed things up myself. But he's given us powerful, uh, uh, the, the, his power 
to be able to stand in the midst of spiritual opposition, I realized of what we're talking about next week that I needed to table that, and we'll include that then. But I want you to know that he's, as, as we continue with this, Paul said this. He told the Ephesians how to combat spiritual warfare by putting on the whole armor of God. Ephesians 6 Verse is 10. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Okay? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word wiles is interpreted as schemes. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says that we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. The, the, the tools he uses. He, he basically uses a lot of the same things. Past sins. Past failures. Guilt of past sins. Guilt of past behaviors that weren't pleasing to the Lord. And in this instance, he's actually, if, if you look back at that scripture, Second Corinthians chapter 2, he was actually talking about unforgiveness, about not forgiving people, how the enemy uses that. That's one of his powerful tactics to keep you from advancing in the Lord. But the Bible says we're not, we're, we're not ignorant of his schemes. So the scripture says that we put on the whole armor of God so that we'll be able to stand against the schemes of the devil that we are not ignorant of. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Let me just say, there's a lot of the wrestling that we do that if the truth be told, you'll put a face with that. Put a human face or, or human faces with that scripture right there. And he's saying take them out of the equation. They're, they're, it's not, that's not where your fight is. And if that brought up any face to you, let me just tell you about that face. Jesus died for them too. Amen and amen. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, evil day and having done all to stand. Now this is where we get power. This is another place that the Holy Spirit gives us power. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the press preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. See how he draws and wraps a nice little bow on it right there? Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. I added the last two scriptures to that just to say this. When he says, pray for me, with all kinds of supplications and pray, praying in the Spirit that I may be able to open my mouth and speak the truths of God. Let, let me tell you what I believe that that means. 
when I open my mouth, I need prayer. Anytime we open our mouths, we need prayer. When you pray for me, you say, God, help Pastor John because he's going to be open in his mouth. and Let it be your stuff, not his stuff. Amen? I'm going to tell you, that's, that is a generous prayer to pray for someone. That's a prayer of generosity because you're praying guidance into their life through the Spirit. Not that the Spirit talks. The Spirit will talk. The Spirit will tell us things, and it'll be right. But then it'll be left up to, will we obey what he said? That, that, that's just where it lies right there. So I'm just going to hit these truths right here, and we're going to be done. But this is powerful to me. Okay, we talked about a balanced life a minute ago and how that we got to be careful with that, that the balanced life in the believer is putting everything on in the Holy Spirit and allowing him to guide us and give us the power that we need to walk this life and to stay in step with him and walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. That's just what the word says. As believers, we do that. But the, he, he gives us these things that helps us. And one of them is, is the, uh, having your, gird, your, your waist girt about with truth. Now, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again right now. Your waist, this portion of your body, this is the area of your body that has to do with reproduction and elimination. Okay? Didn't know you were going to get a free biology lesson today. So let's move on. But he's talking about your waist girt about with truth. A, the, the, the belt of truth. Having put on uh, your waist and wrapped it in truth. So if I take that, that spiritual application that God has given to an area of my body that would have to do with reproduction and elimination, if I reproduce truth in my life, I will eliminate lies in my life. So then if I am disobedient to what he says, and if I'm not reproducing truth in my life, right? This is part of the armor of God. So you see how he, he's intending these things. If I'm not reproducing truth in my life, then what am I reproducing? Lies. The enemy's lies try to reproduce themselves. How do you get rid of them? You reproduce truth to eliminate lies. But if you reproduce Lies, you have to eliminate the truth. You see that? you you got to get the truth out of it. So then you've got to, here, here's another scripture for you. You will know the truth. Remember, we, here's another scripture before another scripture. You are not unaware of the enemy's tactics, right? So you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. When the enemy lies to you, what's he doing? Binding you up. Binding you up so that you don't even hear the truth, that you don't even believe the truth, and you'll be telling yourself, am I even saved? Did God, was I ever even saved? Well, certainly, if he comes back right now, I, I, I'm doomed. Lies. Lies. So that's just, that's just one piece right there. The, the truth, okay? So what's the next thing it says? Righteousness. 
So he says, take up the whole armor of God, having your waist, um, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Well, what you've got to understand what that is, it's his righteousness you're putting on, not yours. If we try to put on our best breastplate of righteousness, our vitals in him are going to take a direct hit. Why? Because everything that we could do in the flesh was a part of the law. The law had a curse on it. The curse of the law was that none of us could keep the law. Jesus came and fulfilled the law because he's the only one that could do that. And now we rest in his righteousness instead of our very own. That, that's the whole of it right there. If you can grasp that. Then what does it say? It moves from righteousness. I mean, he's got you covered from head to toe. Having your feet. In other words, where you go. What gets you there? Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Preparation of the gospel of peace. I believe that means I'll go into situations holding on to his peace. I'm not asking him to get there and then let there be peace. I'm walking in his peace. Why? Because I belong to him. I belong to him. It's that simple. These aren't overcomplicated. They're that simple. Above all, so all these things are here. But he says, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Taking with you the shield of faith. Shield of faith. That means protection, right? I mean, there, there, there was actually, um, oh, what's that thing? There was a, a miniature shield. What's that thing called? Um, I'm so sorry. Buckler. You know the scripture in the Psalms that says, he's my shield and my buckler? So there's a shield that's just for defense. But there's this thing called a buckler, and that's a bad little dude. It's a miniature shield, and they use that pow to hit somebody with. So you got the shield and the buckler, and it says that he is my shield and buckler. So before you think that Pastor John says you get to punch somebody in the face this week, no, that's not what I said at all. But he is my shield and buckler. So he's got a big shield that covers me from all the enemies, but if there's ever a time to strike, he's got that too, right? I'm kind of glad of that. Just telling you. So, so the shield of faith, what is that? You remember a minute ago when I told you uh, to hold on to that part of the Scripture where it said that He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can what? Ask or think. Another translation says think or imagine. So those things that come against me according to the shield of faith, when I'm being held by the shield of faith or, or, or hiding in the shield of faith, you know what I'm measuring right there? In my mind, I'm going through all the past victories that he's already brought me through. I'm replaying them in my mind. I'm thinking all this. If he got me through that, he'll get me through this. When our daughter was born and, and the disease that she had was so rare, I told Christina, I said, I would, if I had it, I'd give a million dollars for one person to tell me their child had this and that they made it. Just, just that little bit of ray of hope. 
Well, that's why we're able to uh, uh, depend on him for more than we can think or imagine. And here's here's a great example of that. I'm thinking of the ways that he has helped me in the past. Go back to the story that just about anybody that's ever come to a church at all knows. David and Goliath, right? You remember that one? What did David do? He said this, I'll fight Goliath. And they said, you can't do it. You're just a boy. He said, oh, yeah, thinking past victories. When the lion came against me, past victories, I tore him apart with my hands through the power of God. When the bear came against me, past victories, I tore that bear apart. And this uncircumcised Philistine will fall before me by the power of Almighty God. So past victories is what I'm thinking on, but my imagination goes to future victories. Ah, See, I beat these things And you won't be a problem for me through God either. Not because of David's abilities, but because of the power of God that David was walking in. He could could command to his future that according to my past, you're not going to be a problem for me, future. That's good news. That's good news. And, and, And we are to actually walk in that as part of the powerful Uh, um, the armor of God. So he says this. Put on the helmet of our salvation. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. I cover my mind with these words. I am saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I I, I say, you you know, if you ever have to sit in front of a counselor that counsels you about places and compartments in your mind, they'll tell you to start meditating on things. It's God's principle. They just don't give him the credit for it. In my mind, in my mind, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. Can I tell you who hears that? The enemy. You know, when, you, when you've come this far, there's nothing left that the enemy can do. There's nothing left that any of his demons or minions can go back and report. What do we do? There's nothing. There, there's nothing. This person is convinced in their mind of Jesus. Well, let me just give you the last thing that it says. It says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of what? The spirit, which is the what? Word of God which is the Word of God. What did Paul pray when I opened my mouth that God would fill it with His Word? And he did, right? The Word of God. What do you need to speak the Word of God? On Wednesday nights when we come together and pray, you know what we're praying? Not just random prayers. We're praying purposeful prayers, and we're praying Scripture for this whole church. For every, for every need that we come to, we have a Scripture, and we go to that Scripture, and we pray that Scripture over us because we know that we can't fail with that. But the Spirit actually speaks the perfect will of God. And I can't wait to get to this, but I'm telling you, I, I just this hit me this morning, and Christine was across the table from me, and I looked at her, I said, mm. she said, don't say it, save it. And I was like, and we've literally been living together so long. She can tell what I say when I do that. I told you off a few examples before. And I started saying it. She's like, stop, stop, stop. 
But this is so powerful right here. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And he said that we take that. We take the sword of the Spirit. It was the Word of God. When the Holy Spirit comes and the Holy Spirit speaks, the promise is that he says what God is saying. He said, I'll, that the Holy, Jesus describing the Holy Spirit, he said, he will only speak what he hears from the Father. And when the Scripture says that we take the sword of the Spirit, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. So let me tell you how powerful that is. How powerful that is. This is what he's saying with that. The, the, the Holy Spirit will not come to you quoting anybody else. He's not going to come to you with somebody's book and somebody's quote or somebody's saying. And I, 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 oh, it, it bothers me to see God's people quoting everybody else but God. I, I, I see it all the time. People putting good positive energy out there. Good vibes out there. I need more than a good vibe. I need a truth. And I need His Word. So to back that up with the Scripture, this is what Paul said. He said, okay, if the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God, this is how Paul said it. He said, when I came to you preaching, I did not come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom. Those enticing words are are literally translated as this, plausible words. All the way back to the beginning, when Eve was having a conversation with the serpent. There's a whole message in that right there. Who are you having conversations with? I'll move on. I told you it's a whole sermon. You preach that one to yourself. What did the enemy say? He said, did God surely say this? See, plausible things. You got to be careful. When you sit down with a deceptive, evil one like the enemy and let him start having conversation with you with plausible things because he'll trick you. He will deceive you. But the Word of God will never do that because the Word of God is for you. It's not even hidden from you. When it's hidden in a form of a revelation and you get it, you realize it was never hidden from me. It was hidden for me. Just when I needed it, it was hidden for me. And he digs it out right there, right in time, and shows it to me. So Paul said, I didn't come to you with enticing men, words of men's wisdom. I came to you with the power and the demonstration of what? The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Power and demonstration. I love all along the way as we're going through this, he's tying it up with little bows saying, my Holy Spirit is for you. You'll do this through the power of my Holy Spirit. You won't even have to use your words. You can use mine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for who you are. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit that you've given him to us to guide us into all 
truth to make us powerful witnesses of you. I thank you, God, that you're showing us things and we're going to teach them to these people. But we're not coming up with something plausible. We're not coming up with something deceptive. We're looking at what your word says and that it is for us because you are for us and you're not against us. And we are who you say we are. You say these things about us, that we are powerful in you. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. God, I'm excited about what's happening. I'm excited, and and it's for a time just like this that we're going through. And it's for a time in history, and we're right in the middle of it. And we're going to be your witnesses, and you've called us to this. God, we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Will you just, just, just write?